On today's show, I'm going to be talking all things fitness trackers, from improving your sleep hygiene to increasing your active minutes, balance your energy intake, improve your heart health, reduce stress, boost recovery, and of course, the downsides to fitness trackers as well. So let's get started with the show. Okay, welcome back, everyone. Hope you're all having a great week. Like I said in the intro, we're going to look at fitness trackers this week. And I know from my own experience, it can be very, very useful. My own watch here is a Fitbit Versa 2. Of course, you can have your Apple Watch, you have your Garmin's. And utilizing each one of them, I'm sure people listening to the show have utilized them. Anyone that's working with me, I always try to integrate working with a fitness tracker because it really does help to highlight and give an overall picture of some of the metrics that I like to use in order to measure people's fitness and not just looking at the scale. So it gives you an overall more rounded picture of your health and your fitness. And again, it can help hone in and, and really target those specific areas that, again, that go unnoticed for certain clients other than just the scales. So like I've said, there's a couple of different areas that we're going to look at and focus that I've broken down purposely for today's show, just to give you a, a better insight. Certain things like I know, speaking to some people, um, they don't realize exactly what and what a powerful tool some of their watches can actually be. And they just focus maybe on steps and they're losing out on a little bit more um, of the metrics that they could be utilizing to enhance their health and fitness or speed up their weight loss journey as such. So when we look at a lot of these gadgets, they provide logs on a couple of different metrics. And you can check them weekly or daily. I like to check them over a weekly basis, particularly when I'm, I'm doing check-ins. Clients will often send them to me. So things like your your total di- or sorry, your weekly um, step count, you're looking at your heart rate, you're looking at sleep quality, sleep quantity, the number of active minutes you've gotten on a daily basis across the week. And there's a couple of other little ones depending on the type of device that you're actually lo- uh, using. One of those things might be to help boost your motivation. And it's going to help you possibly stick to your health goals a little bit a little bit better than most because you have that feedback and you have that daily feedback on how you're progressing and how you're going and setting those daily targets for you to hit. So it gives you a could give you that boost and that motivation factor that you're hitting your daily goals. So you know that the overall picture, whatever the goal might be at the end of the road, you're working, you're chipping away and you're working towards that goal. Now again, there is obviously a couple of underlying things then with that as well. It, it can be a, a big empowering process for people, particularly when you're starting out and you're hitting those little targets on a daily basis. But we have to keep an eye, obviously, as well, that we're looking to improve your health and we're looking to use those to reach your goals, but in a balanced way and that it doesn't become very, very obsessive. And that's the one thing that I do want to point out before we, we have a deeper dive into some of the metrics used around your fitness tracker that we use them in a balanced way and not to become obsessive when it comes to certain targets and reaching them. The step count, for example, will be a, a big one. Speaking of the step count, that leads us nicely into 
my first topic and that's our fitness trackers can really help us to move more so depending on obviously the type of job that you're in if you have a sedentary job getting enough movement in your day or week is going to be pretty tricky so looking into this like research shows that the average person is probably only going to get between or just over 5,000 steps per day and some people might be as low as possibly 3,000 if you're sitting at a desk for the majority of your day so that's really going to um it's really going to impede if you have a particular goal likes of a fitness tracker you can set reminders on them to help you get up get move get active um, i know mine tells me to move every hour getting in at least 250 steps whatever it might be just to help you and keep you active so get up get a, get a walk around the office whatever it might be maybe stand at your desk for a little bit take a break try to use the stairs if you can if you're working in different floors of a of an office for example but i do want to point out as well there is there isn't a set amount of steps that you need to meet each day so just moving more basically is going to help increase your daily your total daily um energy expenditure which is obviously going to revert in a higher calorie burn but you might have active goals that you might have worked out with your personal trainer whatever it might be to try and hit on a daily basis to obviously help you achieve a goal so there might be there is no set amount for anyone that's just health and wellness kind of conscious but sometimes pts might set targets for their clients in order to help them move um on a daily daily basis so that shifts us nicely to the other end of the spectrum and that's looking at your sleep hygiene certain trackers obviously can track different sleep patterns and improving your sleep hygiene particularly when it comes to goals like weight loss or hypertrophy if you're looking to increase muscle size are very very important or even if you're playing sport and you're very stressful job getting that balance and getting the correct amount of sleep on a daily basis can be very very important and if you're not getting it it can be can be totally detrimental to your goals so a couple of different fitness trackers will monitor your sleep in you know in a very in a couple of different ways so the most basic model might even just tell you that um it'll often tell you the it'll track the amount of time that you spend to sleep you've more in depth ones and more expensive ones will have uh, more fancy features um including like your sleep and heart rate say your heart rate variability your restlessness and maybe even your breathing rate so you have to take some of these with a pinch of salt as well because some of the data that's that's used and how long you spend in each stage might be um you know it, it might necessarily be exact due to the you know we're just wearing something on watch due to lack of technology that might be built in at that particular time so but it does give us a good estimate and a good starting point just to have some metrics and to measure and to help us like if we if we can measure it we can manage it so it's a starting point for a lot of people where it highlights where their sleep habits may need to improve so where the trackers really come into their own is basically improving sleep hygiene by helping you become more consistent and intentional with your with your sleep habits because if you're consistent um, sleep and wake times you're going to lead to better sleep quality overall and utilizing the fitness trackers to set um, the likes of bedtime and wake time goals 
and different reminders that you can build in. I know I have mine. It's set for 10 p.m. I just get a, um, a notification. You know, it's time to start winding down. These little things are little helpful reminders. You know, if, if you're sitting up and you're just mindlessly watching Heli or scrolling through social media that, you know, maybe it's time to just switch off. You're going to be better for it the next day. And, you know, we can aim, we can aim better for our seven to nine hours sleep each night. And that's going to be very, very different depending on each person. So you're going to figure that out and balance that out across a week. What works best for you? Track it maybe write down afterwards like how you felt or note on a different day how you felt waking up that morning had you more energy were you well rested and that might be the exact figure then to try and nail down across that week and then implement it across a month and see how you feel and that's utilizing your tracker to its best best of its ability as well moving on then to our next little topic within fitness trackers and that's increasing your weekly active minutes so you might have heard me or seen it on social media that I'm a big outlier for the 150 minutes of moderate activity per week. And I've often said this again, doing it with classes and stuff like that with people as well. Some people only come to classes maybe twice a week. It's not enough to simply go and do two, maybe 60 minute classes, it's 150 minutes across a week. So if you break that down even to five, 30 minutes, sessions across your your seven days works out pretty reasonable pretty easy target to hit for most particularly with the evenings now being a little bit longer then as well or your alternative you have 75 minutes of high intensity cardiovascular but high intensity is not for everyone so i obviously go and i'd recommend 150 minutes first so that could be simple as brisk walking for example getting out getting active getting some air and getting some sunshine as well at the minute but also with that 150 minutes or 75 minutes of vigorous, we want to build in two days of resistance training that are going to target all of the major muscle groups then as well. Very, very important, particularly as we get older, just for, again, for everyday activities to feel more comfortable, to get a little bit stronger or to maintain that muscle mass that we had across the years even if we're not getting to the gym, we're not as active or participating in sort of resistance training as much as before, just to maintain and to make everyday jobs a little bit little bit easier then as well. Some fitness trackers, likes of the Fitbit, and just speaking from experience is the one I use, so I'm going to reference that the most throughout this. Can you even track active minutes? So it's a really, really useful tool. I use it a lot myself score based on basically your exercise intensity so if you have your active minutes set and you're on your watch you go into your settings or in your app on your phone um some of them mightn't be intentional some of them might be so kind of you're running for a bus or you're climbing up a lot of stairs or whatever it might be or you're just out in the garden whatever it might be even just getting for for a walk that might add up to your active minutes. So it doesn't necessarily mean that you actually have to be participating in a workout. You can set the goals on your app, how many active minutes you want to get. I think the default um, itself is already recommended and it's set to 150 within the Fitbit. So if you wanted to increase that, if you're completely, if you're smashing that goal on a daily basis, like oh, if I was looking at that metric working with someone, then we might increase it to 160, 170, 180 just as they get fit and active to obviously ensure they don't hit a plateau to keep moving that bar 
on a weekly or monthly basis, whatever it might be, dependent on their check-ins. And the really good thing and useful thing about that as well with the tracker is you get a notification every time you reach that goal. So it's really, really good and be really motivating for people to get that kind of little yes moment when you've hit the active minutes so you know you're smashing through your goals. And it's going to help you monitor and achieve whatever your recommended active daily minutes or targets, particularly if you're working with someone on a one-to-one basis, are. So another really good feature from your fitness tracker is it helps us to balance our energy intake. So we all know like our fitness trackers, most of them probably purchase them for this reason alone, is it gives you a total daily energy expenditure. However, obviously we take that with a pinch of salt because it's, it's probably best guess only, but it can provide us with an individualized look at how much energy you're going to expend on a day-to-day kind of basis. And what we usually do, let's say we usually do is talking from a fitness professional's uh, perspective, we can use this feature to plan our daily energy intake. So how many calories that we're going to consume and it's going to help us to balance our energy intake and our output. So we're not going to obviously consume too much or consume too little or if we know for whatever reason on certain days of the week that we we have a hit class or we we're playing a match or whatever it might be that we can balance our energy intake so we're not going to over or under eat and we're we're properly fueled then for that activity then as well we can also use that obviously that data can help us to obviously achieve um our weight loss goals for example or weight management or to increase weight whatever it might be just using that calorie expenditure data even though obviously not going to be as accurate as some might think some live and die by the sore by it but it's going to provide us with an estimate to to give us a better scope and to inform our strategy for going about achieving our goal just some other features some trackers might have then as well someone might allow you to input your food intake and can be very very useful it can display graphs reveal your total intake versus your output the likes of my fitness pal will do that as well if you input your energy expenditure you can also set some trackers to give you little prompts on how much you should eat to reach your weight management goals so if you haven't inputted or tracked something within the day it's kind of giving you that little reminder to go have you inputted have you eaten just to keep you on on top of things like we can have busy days and work and what have you and we forget to eat or we're in meetings or whatever it might be just a really really good prompt to get that intake in because again if you're in if you're participating in a certain activity later on like a gym session or like a training session regards any sort of sport that it's obviously very very important that we're fueled correctly and it's and it's vital just to point out that you don't have to change your intake every day to match each day's output. You can keep that running across a, an average week then as well. I wouldn't advise going much more than a week. So you're robbing Peter to pay Paul with certain things as well and get a little bit messy um, from day to day. I wouldn't go any, any more than a week or even, you know, if you're not used to it, maybe two to three days at a time. If you get a little bit better at, at doing it, then maybe across a week. But definitely don't push it past that kind of so you're just looking for your, your your tally up your weekly average of your expenditure and your output then as well to find what the your average calorie intake was across the the whole week obviously to achieve your goal whether it's 
weight management, i.e. like weight loss or weight gain in particular. So moving on nicely to my next little point with our fitness trackers is improving your heart health and your cardiovascular output. This is a really, really big one for me. And it's one that I, I use a lot and utilize a lot, particularly working with clients, because it's something that often gets overlooked. Like people have the bigger focus on the calories that they're burning or the steps that they're doing, and they often neglect the cardiovascular health. So generally, this doesn't even when I speak to clients and the, they've been using Fitbits or Apple watches, whatever it might be that it's it's something that's completely overlooked and it's never even spoken about or tracked or measured at all when it um, or comes into the conversation. So when we're looking at the cardiovascular health and you're utilizing our fitness trackers, most of them, you know, going to re relay data related to your cardiovascular fitness based on your heart rate during physical activity. All right. And these measurements can really reveal um, a picture of your cardiovascular health. And it must be said, that obviously, that's don't be comparing it to, to uh, your gym partner or your partner or whatever it might be that it's very individualized compared to people, obviously, based around your age and your sex as well. And another key measurement for your cardiovascular health is your resting heart rate. And that's one I like to get people to track across more so of a monthly basis, particularly if they're coming from sedentary base and they're just picking up exercise for the first time or they've started to introduce more cardiovascular-based exercise into the routine to track that across a month. And your tracker gives you some, well, depending on which one you use, again, give you a nice little graph to see your starting point and to track it across that whole period of the month to show you if it's increased or decreased. And obviously we're looking for it to go down so the way it works with your resting heart rate is, is basically it's the number of times that your heart beats per minute, so your BPM, while you're entirely at rest. So this measurement will determine your physical fitness and just to know that it can be improved. And again, at, at any age then as well. Just to give you an indication of the healthy ranges when it comes to your resting heart rate. So obviously the lower the heart rate, like I just said, is going to be an indication of how physically fit you are. But the average adult healthy resting heart rate is anywhere between 60 to 80 beats per minute. And if you're particularly athletic, so I know a lot of working with a lot of running groups and stuff like that as well. All, a lot of those will be down in the 50s and some even down in the 40s. And that's um, indication and obviously they have a healthy heart rate. They participate in a lot, a lot of long distance runs between 5, 10Ks, half marathons, whatever it might be. So that's an indication that they have obviously have a healthy rest and heart rate because it's down between 40 and 50. However, if you flip that over, then again, we look at the other side of the spectrum. If you're your higher resting heart rates, they're obviously an indication or they could lead to health problems, such you know, things like metabolic syndrome. And we can address it simply just by getting more act, you know, getting more active and getting out for a walk. Like we talked about those thirty-minute sessions, and help to in use your tracker to obviously track your heart rate over that period of time, whatever it might be. And you can see it dropping over, even from from my own perspective on that. And getting back in and coming into preseason and playing football and stuff like that, I've noticed my heart rate, particularly since before Christmas, has dropped a couple of beats over that period because I know I've been getting out and doing a lot more cardiovascular based stuff and I can see that it's relevant and 
relevant to the exercise that I'm doing. And it's a win for me that I know my heart is it's strong and it's healthy. And yeah, it's benefit me in the long run, particularly for sport and my overall health also as well. Finally, a really cool feature that I found obviously within the using that to talk about the Fitbit here again is would just help to reduce stress and to an extent boost recovery. You know, it'll give you a stress management score. It's a factor for, again, measuring against your overall health. And again, if we are obviously measuring or if we address stress poorly and we manage it very, very poorly, it can lead to particularly play havoc with our stress, whether as with our immune system, digestive system, our cardiovascular system, our reproductive systems then as well. They're all linked and again to stress and and people have different levels of stress. If we're talking about stress from exercise or stress at home or stress from work, whatever it might be, you can utilize your tracker to an extent that to help minimize that. And I found it very, very useful, particularly with the Fitbit, for example. It has a, a stress management score. It allows us to log in if you're feeling in relation to and to log how you're feeling in relation to daily stress and to to track what your mood is and log that. And that's something that if I actually do, particularly with clients as well, if they don't have a Fitbit or tracker, I ask them to do that on a daily basis, particularly after workouts, just to get an indication of how their mood is and what their stress levels might be. And if they're playing into any role where, particularly around weight loss, if if we're not seeing any sort of results, maybe it's, it's a red flag there that stress could be a, um, an underlying factor that we we mightn't have addressed yet. So just going back to the Fitbit then as well, there's, again, some of them, again, I'm speaking from a Fitbit perspective because I know it, some of them I know will have you um, certain stress-reducing features such as deep breathing. So the Fitbit has that then as well. Really, really good to practice, particularly at night um, in bed or whatever it might be, just to help you relax, bring down your breathing, get into a relaxed state just before you... um, head off to sleep or if you find yourself in a stressful situation it's something that you can practice in the car it really helps you to vibrate on your wrist you see the little countdown timer it tells you when to inhale when to exhale really really useful tool to help reduce stress and get the mind back and get it focused on whatever activity you're leading into next okay we can't just focus on the good there's obviously some negative or some downsides to working with our fitness trackers so we have to paint the overall picture here as well. And I kind of hinted to what it might be at the, the beginning of the show when I start talking about it. And while our fitness trackers are excellent tools for helping us to reach our health goals, obviously there's there's room for misuse or overuse. And that's the big one that I find with a lot of people. So some people are tracking their health in such a precise and detailed way that it becomes you know, totally obsessive and leads to anxiety and actually results in causing stress then as well. The same with um, with your sleep patterns then as well and actually result in insomnia from, you know, trying to just perfect your sleep patterns. So there is obviously that downside to, to working with your tracker then as well. So a couple of recommendations around that. If it does happen, I obviously I would recommend that you just take a break from your tracker or you could set goals that are less specific, but still going to help you work towards good health and your overall goal as such then as well. Instead of maybe setting specific active minutes or or minute goals or sleep quality goals, maybe 
that can lead to certain levels of anxiety. Commit to tracking your daily overall activity levels instead and just try to add a little bit day by day as you go. Like baby steps, uh, progressions are, are a lot easier to maintain and provide you know, provide a better sense of accomplishment when you achieve. So focus on your strengths, focus and your accomplishments instead of where you're lacking um, for the best chance, obviously, of making a new or maintaining a habit overall. That's the best advice I can give you with dealing with the downsides, guys, with your trackers. Okay, I think that's a really good place to wrap it for today, guys. I hope you enjoyed today's shows on all things about fitness trackers, the good and the bad. If you have any questions, as always, don't forget to, you can get me on social media. The links are in the show description below. And I hope you all enjoy the rest of your week. And I'll speak to you all again next week. Bye.